Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. I'm so thrilled to have the brilliant Clemmie Burton-Hill on the podcast today. I became friends with Clemmie years ago now when she interviewed me at Hay Festival about my book, The Multi-Hyphen Method. It was a lovely sunny day in Hay and ever since we've spoken about books and work and life and everything in between, Clemmie is a broadcaster, author, novelist, journalist, violinist... She is a multi-hyphenate, and before I tell you about what we're going to talk about today in this episode, which is mainly her brilliant book, I wanted to preface this episode by telling you about Clemmie and what she's been through over the last couple of years. The morning of January the 20th, 2020, only weeks before the pandemic turned the world upside down, Clemmie suffered a catastrophic brain injury. One moment she was in a meeting in New York where she lives with her husband and two children, and the next, the world went completely blank. She was in a coma for 17 days, and when she came round, she couldn't speak, walk, write, or move the right side of her body. Today, I'm speaking to Clemmie, and she has just made the most miraculous recovery, and obviously she is still on that journey. But today, we're discussing her amazing book, Another Year of Wonder. It's such a fantastic read, and it makes classical music more accessible to everyone, making it feel warm and welcoming, and not just something for certain people. This is the follow-up to A Year of Wonder, if you read that one, and I know it was hugely popular, and a lot of people gifted it to friends and people for Christmas and things like that. She has always made art and music and culture accessible to everyone through her books and podcasts and BBC radio show Classical Fix, where she invites guests on to talk about classical music, even though they have no knowledge of it, including me. I went on as a guest and um, told Clemmie what I thought about the picks that she selected, She's such a beautiful storyteller and I just can't wait for you to listen to this episode. She has broadened my mind and sharpened my imagination on many occasions and she gives me a song for every mood and every feeling that we can't really conjure up with words sometimes. Please do check out Another Year of Wonder. I'll leave the link below. And here is the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. So I am just over the moon to be sat on Zoom with someone I love so much. Clemmie Burton-Hill is on the podcast today and we've done podcasts together in the past. You're no stranger to having a chat with me on a podcast, but um, I'm so, so happy you're here. And if you don't mind, I wanted to start off with a little story just to paint the picture of me and you and what you mean to me. Um, before I ask you my first question, which is in October 2019, I went to New York, met up with you, had the most amazing evening ever. We went to see Max Richter perform some of his music from his album Sleep, which I'd never heard of. But I remember saying to you afterwards that not only was it just a night I'll remember forever, but it felt like a sound bath. It felt quite spiritual and otherworldly and amazing. And at the end of the night, you went over to Max Richter himself backstage and you told him how much you loved him. And he was so happy to like hear your compliments. And it was such a special moment. And I just wanted to start off with how much I loved that evening and also how much seeing you love music was just amazing to see. So can we start off with his music, what he meant to you before, what happened to you in 2020 and what he means to you now? Oh, yes. I am so happy to start and finish with Max Richter in a way. Like, I, um, yeah, I've, 
I've obviously known his work for a long time. I had interviewed him, I think, for The Economist ages ago. And I think maybe the FT as well, possibly other um, publications. But we didn't actually, I don't think we'd met each other. Maybe possibly, but not actually to sort of, um, uh, he wouldn't have remembered me, let's say. Um, but I, I, you know, I definitely had interviewed him in a sort of professional setting. I thought he was a genius. I still do, but um, uh, I've always loved what comes out of his music is this fierce humanity and connection and it's connection on so many different levels so um you know it's time and space and history and electronics and you know culture and society and all those big things Dis distilled into something that is very welcoming, very open, um, exciting. I mean, even when you're doing sleep, that is his, you know, one of her, his wonderful albums. Although it's sort of about sleep, it's it fizzles and crackles with the energy of being alive. And you're, you know, alive even if you're in sleep. And I, somehow his music is a shorthand for everything. Like big, huge emotions and feelings that you can't possibly put into words and I love words um, but music's ability to condense and distill is I for me unparalleled and he's also the most incredibly as you saw incredibly humble humane just lovely person you know he had to be basically like fan girl him <laughs> and um after the show and he was so like you know just so cool and so lovely it's so true and i love that you love things so passionately and i i think i wrote an article years ago about how we should be fan girls forever there is no shame in like ultimate fan girl moments because that's really i think what life is about and what art is about and I know that, well, we're going to talk about A Year of Wonder in a moment, but the way that you speak about music, I know that you say that sometimes there are no words, but hearing you just describe music there is so powerful because you do have the words and you do communicate it in a way that is so accessible for other people. It's like when someone writes about food. I couldn't write about taste and food. I wouldn't have the words, but some people can, and you have it with music. So can we just tell the listeners a little bit about how you first fell in love with music? Anything you can tell us about your childhood growing up? 
and just like those moments where you realize music is everything well i would probably um at that point i'd probably say hang on a minute i don't think music is everything because actually i as you said love so many things and i'm a sort of perpetual enthusiast and i just feel so lucky to be alive um i mean on so many little uh, so many different levels but um but in terms of music i think it's interesting um you know i i i was born in london my mum was a single mum. I have two older half-brothers um, on her side. And there was no classical music. Like, my mum had zero classical music um, sort of education or I don't even... Sh I, I don't think she's even, like, sort of learned a recorder. <laughs> there was no reason to fall in love about in classical music um, at all in terms of my immediate family or surroundings or um, environment. My dad is very musical and absolutely loves classical music, but also he doesn't come from a uh, sort of some grand classical music society. I think people think that classical music is somehow other and you know it's a different part of society that's sort of um is if you don't know of you know it's, it's very foreign to so many people lots of um uh, people so people just don't feel comfortable even trying to sort of dip their toe in and um, I guess my dad, who's actually 91 today, when, when we were recording it on the Mar March mm. the 25th, which is my dad's birthday, it's a very different um, society, the sort of post-war Britain. It was the golden era of, you know, the NHS and education for all in Britain and so there was more of a sense of anyone in theory could get exposed to classical music um, at that point so there was a sort of um, blossoming for a while there's the, the BBC um, were was there you know being able to sort of broadcast things to the nation and I'm sure people are rolling their eyes but there is a an ideal that was suddenly being put in practice that I really you know I feel like we are very much in danger of letting that go um that's a whole other conversation on any you know we, we it's not for now but it's sort of all connected and for me music is music the arts are a common currency that anyone should feel like they have and own this is what 
makes us human. And I don't say that has to be classical music. Obviously, it's it's art. It is music. It's writing. It's literature. It's um, film, TV, whatever it is that makes us sense of, oh, I'm seen and I relate to that and I can't get that from anyone else or anything else. My whole life has really been powered by this idea that, you know, we are here to connect. But I've just been feeling so frustrated that because of lots of other reasons, classical music somehow is in this like special zone. But you invited me on to Classical Fix a few years ago. And I remember being really nervous for that reason, because I didn't know anything about classical music. And you make everyone feel so welcome. And, you know, you are, you know, so much about classical music, obviously. But it's this way that you sort of let everyone have their say, even if I'm not using necessarily like musical language. It was so fun to come on the show and just talk about it and what it meant to me. And I think that show has opened it up to so many people. I wanted to ask you about music in your life in regards to hope. You wrote really beautifully in your introduction that you believe music above all else is a source of hope, radical, robust hope. And I just feel like, you know, two years on from the pandemic happening, two years on from your brain injury. Isn't it incredible to talk about hope? Yeah, I'm sure many people might say, what do you mean by robust hope? It's just like air, like, you know, none, music is not something that exists unless it's actually conjured up by you and me and any other human beings. And, and if you're not listening and if you're not hearing uh, performance, then, you know, what are, what is it? I just think there is this unbelievable sense that is almost encoded in those particles and sound waves. And it's a way to connect through space and time and geography. Um, right now, we are looking at Ukraine and it's the most awful, awful, awful situation. You know, there's a very little that I can say um, on the subject, but I've been listening to this beautiful music by a Ukrainian composer. I put um, one piece on his birthday in another year of wonder. Names are almost impossible for me. Maybe you can say it to me. Yeah, of course. Valentin Selvestov. Yeah. The thing that is really exciting for me, um, and it has been sort of the last sort of few years of, of the last kind of decade um is just seeing the open up the opening up of possibilities that the 
internet has enabled and obviously the internet is not always a good thing but at least you can have access to pretty much any track now and again like the people inside that feel sort of very um don't um you don't get to come in like you know now there's a separate um argument to say like we need and they need as in the the tech companies to make sure that the artists are remunerated fairly like that's a whole other i'm not suggesting you know the days of illegal streaming or like but um piracy is a good thing i'm not obviously saying that but you know finally suddenly you can kind of hear anything and without shame and without confusion you can just sit in your you know own space and time and just like do I like this I love that it's so true it's like the gatekeepers don't really matter as much anymore because you just get to search out what you want to listen to you know all I wanted to do with this these books and my podcasts and my radio shows and TV shows um, in you know my f- former life is just as like open up and say like are you, are you human are you had a curiosity or wonder about this you are welcome like come in Yes, I love that so much. And on that note of kind of wonder and awe and being quite amazed by the world, I can't help but notice, you know, so many of your Instagram captions and just the way that you communicate, even over the last few years, like you you are someone I feel that does look at the world with awe and you're communicating that to us because I read you know, you'll be sitting on a park bench and write this beautiful caption about the way the sun was shining and what you were seeing that day. And I really think, you know, everyone should have a little bit of that in their life. How come you want to sort of share in that way recently? Because it's 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 beautiful, the things that you're writing at the moment. Oh, thank you. I, I, I don't want to sort of say, you know, everything's wonderful. It's, you know... Oh, oh, aren't we lucky? But actually, aren't we lucky? Um, I feel like, and it's not like I go through life feeling happy all the time. It's not. In fact, quite the opposite. And I've struggled with depression and anxiety, but particularly depression since my teens. I have a very busy brain. Um, Even now, I have such a, you know, damaged brain. But luckily, uh, in a way, I feel it's still familiar. So even the days when I feel really overwhelmed and it's just too much, I'm, it's, it's familiar to me. And I think that's been really helpful in my recovery of the 
from the brain injury you know i'm i've been incredibly lucky i just happen to have you know incredible care i just happen to be in new york city when it happened rather than anywhere else um or you know not near a hospital i was incredibly unbelievably lucky to be then transferred from brooklyn to Mount Sinai West on in Manhattan, one of the the great brain surgeon in our time, Dr. Kellner was you know paged and he was come came like running to my rescue basically. Um, but I'm you know I just know how lucky I am to be alive. But actually, obviously that's that's crazy because very 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 few people would have have a have the situation um where they they brain exploded on a monday morning at the age of 38 and that that could be your the end um but you know what even doesn't you know even if I, that hadn't happened to me or anyone else who has, you know, you know, nothing like a brain injury like that, the AVM rupture in my brain. Um, actually, like, with, and it's a really, like, obvious, like, kind of cliche, but the fact that we are here at all is so unbelievably fortuitous you know I I feel that about chance and atoms and, you know that 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 you you are you you are Emma it's so unlikely that you you're here it's just what a what a blessing that you know, yes, for the rest of us, we get to have you, but also and and all the millions of people that rely on you for, you know, your amazing podcast, your amazing books, your amazing new letter, um, newsletter, which I'm absolutely subscribed to. You know, it's, you put, so much into the world and you won't even know the people that you touch um beyond the people like me um <laughs> i love you clemmy this is so like you to turn an interview about you into something about me you're so so lovely but the one thing i also love about you is the fact that you love a slogan t-shirt or a mm-hmm. slogan jumper whenever i wear something with like an interesting uplifting quote I'm like I'm like Clemmy yes so Clemmy's got peace today on her jumper which I love have you got one that says I choose life yes I I am so so I I've been supporting choose love the refugee charity um since it was founded and it does such amazing work um and I plead anyone who's you know 
kind of overwhelmed, wor- worried about Ukraine and and many other places places in the world and sometimes it's too much I go how you know I want to support something and I want to do you know some good but I just don't know it's just too much I can't deal um just go and you know choose love and it's they make it very easy you can either um uh and you see what your money will get um for a refugee family or obviously they will however you're you want to be supporting it will always go back to the actual human beings in distress anyway that's a uh, another you know great one to shout out because they are they are the best they're they're amazing it's a really really wonderful uh organization so um so i i had you know lots of um choose love um much shall we say um but actually also i'm so old that i remember literally remember the afternoon um when i went to watch train spotting in the cinema when i was a teenager um and that idea of like choosing life um i'm not necessarily like i remember that exact moment when i sort of woke up out of a coma i was in a coma for 17 days and when i came out i had literally no speech no mobility no movement on my right side of my body um you know, all of those things that, that I'm still kind of, you know, trying to um, work out here and now. Um, but but I did have this, you know, incredible sense of I'm alive, I'm still alive somehow inside. I, I feel like me. Obviously, I don't feel like me, but I'm also like, whatever else that we said as, uh, you know, what is a self? I don't know how we describe that or define us it, but I know that whatever is it, I still feel that. And sorry, I'm like, I'm so embarrassed that, trying to explain that where like you know amazing philosophers and neurosciences and um you know um theologians and, and like they've have t- tried for millennia and there's me trying to say like it's sort of me it's sort of me ish in inside i mean what is the self i mean discuss that was connecting to me i'm i'm with you on that i think th- i think it's fascinating because we who you know what are we we are we're not just a body and a mind we're something else as well yeah and and i don't have faith i don't have sort of religion in terms of dogma or creed yet i have this in- very very strong and sort of 
unshakable certainty that there's more of this. There's more. And the way that manifests in my sense of the world and people and a self and other selves is through connection, communication, friendship, and the arts and music is a very, very, very powerful connector. Um, you know, when you're, you know, go to a club or a gig or a festival or a concert, that sense of like you look at some total stranger and you um, your eyes meet and uh, you know not necessarily in a sort of like uh you know uh a hot random stranger in when, when you're 16 in a festival it's like you know but there's something that connects us um and the, the sort of glue in a way is the music or the theatre or whatever it is I'm not saying it has to be music it's just um my my sense of that I was somehow let into this world I don't know how I was incredibly lucky because it was somehow in me I really just like wanted to you know every time I heard something on the radio in my mum's house or our house you know she tells this story, story of like you know this weird little um um toddler around Christmas there's like a carol concert or like a, on the on the tv and I was just like listening I was looking I was like I want to do this like like the way that toddlers want everything you know so my mum was like sure you know that'll be like you know she'll grow out of it but I was like like absolutely adamant that I wanted to do this somehow eventually I was able to do that thank you for sharing that because really honestly what you've done especially with these two books is just let us in just just that kind of bridging the gap just between a world that does feel quite inaccessible in many ways and actually when you say that that it's the label around it classical music conjures up stereotypes but actually the music itself is just music so just because this episode I really want to uh, tell people you know to go and buy another year of wonder go seriously go and grab a copy and get one for your friend because then you can actually listen to the music together as well or kind of swap tips but if someone listening really wants to explore this world because it's so magical and moving and exciting like you say what would you say is a good place to start where would you send someone just to dip their toe in well obviously I would say well just get the book and um and I've I've um put all the playlists together um on Spotify and um, lots of other like um, of my readers has also have also um, compiled some of the playlist 
you know, it, it's every day there's a one piece of music and I um, explain it so, sometimes um, about the composer or the history that is around that or it's totally random, um, but it's a bit of a mis a, a mix really. Um, so hopefully as a reader, you're delighted to know what's happening, you know, the next day or whatever. It's not necessarily, it's formulaic. I should say that actually either way, well, if, if you love it or you hate it or you feel absolutely indifferent, that's wonderful because then hopefully the next day you have a different response to something, then you're already there um, putting your own sensibility and your own sense of I like this, I don't like this, I'm curious about that. God, this absolutely like floored me. This, no, just is meh, not for me. That is like, oh, oh my God, I can't live without it. Like, um, I sort of challenge you, you know, nicely, hopefully. Um, you know, if there is um, three, 166 another one in the next one um, and you you are absolutely indifferent for all of them okay maybe I can't <laughs> help you but yeah you've given it a good go and I love that there's going to be something in there for everyone that's what I love about it yeah and it's you know it is just music and and the stories hopefully of just human beings struggling and trying to get this out of them you know their their selves and hearts and souls and intellect and brains you know it's an act of colossal imagination to try to compose music and the book spans about a millennia of human history. Classical music is born, I guess, in sort of Western Europe, but then it doesn't stay there for, for, for long. Um, and obviously there are lots of people who sort of in, like what I was saying before about like sort of trying to protect for them you know I just call bullshit it's just it's just a human need and good that we yes. should all share yes so beautifully said Clemmy it's that's exactly what this book is it's saying here's the backstory as well of these amazing people and not only are you discovering amazing music by reading the book, but you're learning so much more about the actual individuals behind it. And that's what's so fascinating. So thank you so much for bringing us another of these books. You are amazing. I could talk to you for hours. I feel like we can do an another whole episode another day. Mm -hmm. But thank you so much for today and for sharing all of that and just 
you know, this is just a tiny little snippet of what you would get in the book. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for your support and friendship over the years. And I'm so glad that that memory of that Max Richter performance does like lodged in your memory because it was very special. It was. I think about it all the time. Um, Thanks again. And um, we will speak again soon.